Business Matters in association with the Faculty of Business at ATU Donegal. Looking for a career in financial services? Consider the Level 9 MA in Governance, Compliance and Data Protection. Take the next step in your career and contact the Exec Ed Coordinator on 9186206 or email execed, E-X-E-C-E-D, at lyit.ie today. I'm Kieran O'Donnell. You're welcome to Business Matters. My guest this week is Mary Bradley, owner of Pass Pizza in Letterkenny. A member of the well-known Keeney family, Mary's ambition from a young age was to own her own restaurant. As a young girl, she worked in the famous Fiesta Ballroom, which was opened by her father Fancy and Uncle Connell Hugh in 1960. Mary graduated from Dublin College of Catering in 1981 and worked in Dublin for three years before moving back to Letterkenny to open her first unit on Market Square with her husband Pat. In 2014, the pair were named Joint Winners of the Letterkenny Chamber of Commerce Business Person of the Year Award. Mary, you're very welcome to Business Matters. Thank you, Kieran. Mary, April 1984 was when yourself and your husband Pat decided to set up Pass Pizzas. A long time ago. Can, yeah, you take us you back to the, can you take us back to the very start of the journey? <laughs> oh, please don't take me back there. Please don't take me back. Um, so, the start of the journey, I was a wee young girl. I was working, I'm not a young girl anymore, and I was working in Dublin. And I went to college, I went to Calbrew Street, the Dublin College of Catering, and I did hotel and catering management there. And then I, when I left there, I worked as an assistant catering officer in a hospital and absolutely loved it. My first job was St. Pat's up at, in like a psychiatric hospital, really good hospital. And then I moved to the rehabil- rehabilitation centre in Dunleary. So that's where I finished off. That's why I was working there till 1984. What was the attraction of catering, Mary? Catering? Because I always said, I remember I used to babysit for this man. I'm sure he won't mind me mentioning his name, Jack Hickey. You know Hickey, Clark and Langan? Well, I used to babysit for Jack. And Jack said to me one night when we were driving out to, you know, for me to look after the kids, he says, what do you want to do when you grow up? And so I was only about 14, 15. I says, I want to own my own restaurant. So I was just always into food, obsessed actually with food. And um, Mammy's a great cook, Mammy was a great baker, my granny was a great baker, my father was in business all his life, but all on Mammy's side they were always in business too, so I never really thought of anything else, Kieran, to tell you the truth. Can you talk to me about your parents' business life and their background? Yeah, well my father owned the Fiesta ballroom. Him and his brothers ran the Fiesta and they did a very courageous thing in 1960. They went and got a loan and um, they built out at the, where the Fiesta is now just outside the town but it was in those days it was considered miles outside the town and people thought they were absolutely crazy. You know what are you doing you know building this big dance hall outside, way outside the town. How are people going to get out to it? But should they never look back? I think they opened, the Fiesta opened when I was a baby. So I think I was about six months old. I think it opened in 1960 or 1961. And it was very successful for many years. And did you, did you work there yourself, Pat? Yeah, of course I did. Of course I worked there. I worked there. <laughs> Excuse me. I used to, at the start of the night, we'd all go out, right? And the kids would line up to be picked to see what area they were working in. And I always wanted to work in the cloakroom with Bida Collins. <laughs> Charlie Collins' mother. 
because Bida would Bida was very cross but very fair, and me and Bida always got on very well together. And Bida would let you as long as you did your work and did what you were meant to. She would let you go out for a dance halfway through, as long as she says, as long as your father doesn't see you, go right into the middle of the floor so that you're not seen. So that's really what that's what I did then. So I used to do the cloakroom, and Jerome would do my older brother would do the car park, and somebody else would be in the mineral bar because it didn't serve any any alcohol. The Keenies were a bit against. They were sort of they were all you know um, non drinkers. They had the pioneer pin, and um, they didn't really like serving alcohol in the fiesta. And so there was a mineral bar and the snack bar, and the the cloakroom. So the cloakroom was a favourite. So yeah, I worked there and really enjoyed it. What was the rate of pay back then? Can you remember? <laughs> <laughs> the rate of pay, I think we might have got about one fifty, maybe or maybe a pound. <laughs> but you, you, you experienced the value of money and the yeah. value of earning the money at a young age, Marie. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you see, my father was very bad on pocket money. You didn't really get pocket money in our house. You earned pocket money. And so he didn't. He'd think, why would I be giving you money for not doing anything? Because he came from a very poor background. His, he was from Ardra. And he was hired out when he was 13 or 14. And he worked in a shop in Straban. And he used to... Or, and actually, then I think he went to Derry. And he slept in the back stores of the shop. Because Daddy would never eat bacon. Because what they were fed was... You know, there was a big bacon slicer in the shop. And they were fed the rinds from the bacon. That's what they got. The, the young people working in the shop. So he was, you know, he so he came from very poor background, really knew the value of money, and worked very hard himself. And I think that he instilled that into everyone in our house. And you mentioned your mother as well. Mammy. Then on Mammy's side then, she was McElhenney from Rathmullen, and um, D- Daddy was Keeney from Ardra, and Mammy was McElhenney from Rathmullen, and her father ran a shoe shop, and a, he was a, a furniture dealer, as was her grandfather, and they would buy antique furniture and, and sell it on. So they were always in business. They were on the main street in Rathmullen. My uncle Garvin still lives in the, in the house. My my cousin Myra actually has just chain, turned the the old shop that grandfather would have had um, into an Airbnb, like a wee you know, and it's gorgeous. She's made such a good job of it. Uh, so they're still there in Rathmullen on the main street, and so's my auntie Vera still on the main street too. My uncle John was again a furniture dealer as well, and so they're still there in Rathmullen. So business is very much in, in both families. Totally instilled into us. I don't think anyone in our house was ever properly employed by anyone else. Not for very long, anyway. You know, we went in and out of jobs, but most of us are self-employed. You met your husband, Pat, in Dublin? Yes. So I went to Dublin, got a man, and came home as quickly as I could. (laughs) So I met Pat in Dublin, yes, through my Calvary Street Dublin College of Catering. And um, so we met, I was 19 when I met Pat, and he had just turned 21. And um, so then, but then his family moved to Galway. They bought a business in Galway. And uh, so then he moved to Galway. So I was in Dublin by myself then for, for a couple of years. 
Then we decided we wanted to get married, and he said he wasn't coming back to Dublin. And I had a good job. My job was a good, permanent, pensionable job, Kieran. I found my contract recently, and I nearly cried. I could have taken early retirement, and, <laughs> and I would have been on a full pension um, if I had stayed in that job. And, and I, Mary, I couldn't picture you staying in that job too long. Now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I would have been trying to rule the whole country. Every hospital in the country would have been under my control. Well, the catering department, anyway. So then, Pat, it, he didn't wouldn't go back to Dublin. And I wouldn't go to Galway because I said, no, it's a, I'll either stay in the job I'm in in Dublin or because his family owned a, a restaurant and a bar and a shop and his dad had died. He died young. And so the mother was there by herself. And if I had gone down, I would have just been a little slave. And I'm just too, too, too bad for that, Kieran, as you know. So was the compromise to come to Lidderkenny and back to Donegal? The compromise was to come back to Donegal. But Pat came back by himself to start off with and lived with Mammy because I, my job, it was just, it was a good job, you know, and, and I didn't want to leave it and I had just been promoted and, you know, I just thought, no, it's too soon. So he came back and opened up Pat's Pizza by himself. Was that the plan to open the, the business first before you came back? Was that the original plan? Yeah, that was the original plan to see, to test the water and to see was there a demand in Letterkenny for pizza because... People used to come into the shop and say, what, what are these pizzas that you're selling here? You know, what, what is this that you're doing? You know, and we used to say it's round and you put sauce and cheese and you put it in the oven. You know, so we didn't think, we didn't know whether it would take off. There was no one doing pizza. Nobody in the whole Northwest were doing pizza. So did you both of us sit down and decide what you were going to do or was the catering and, and cooking and pizza and the, very much the plan from the start? Well, the, the, definitely the, the catering size, or side, the restaurant side was definitely. And, and Pat, we, when Pat would come and visit me at the weekend from Galway, our favourite takeaway was this really good pizza place down in Rathmines, like proper pizza. And like every Saturday night, Pat used to cycle down, well, when he was there, and we used to get a, a 12-inch pizza with a little of everything on it. This is where we got our Supreme from. And, uh, yeah, exactly. And so it was just delicious. So we thought, no, wouldn't this? And then one weekend, we were up, every second weekend, I'd either go to Galway, or Pat would come to Dublin, or we'd come to Letterkenny. We'd meet up in Letterkenny. And one night, late at night, we were sitting in the square after getting the four lights, four lanterns probably had been to the grill we were young remember we were young and um, so we were sitting in the square eating whatever we'd got and we thought now wouldn't a pizza place do really well here in the square where, where were you sitting where about in the square we were sitting outside the shop remember the shop in the middle of the square and there were seats there and this was probably about two o'clock in the morning the kiosk was it yeah exactly yeah where you know where Danny and, and uh, yeah exactly and there was used to be a, a seat out there and we were sitting eating our four lights outside there and just looking and saying now wouldn't a pizza place do well here so that was a light bulb moment that was a light bulb moment and that was probably early 1984 because we were really fed up with this him coming to Donegal or coming to Dublin or me going down to Galway and because his dad had passed away his heart had gone out of you know and his mum really wasn't capable of doing it without the dad you know and his mother was from Cork and she just you know if we weren't going to go and take over the business in other words me and Pat 
she says, right, I'll just sell up and move back to Cork, which is what she did, and lived there for many years afterwards. She was from McCroom in, in, in Cork. You know, she lived in Dublin all her life, but that was where, that was her home place. So, so, sorry, Mary, what was the next step then from the setting to, we'll go with the square, to go and finding a premises? So then, us sitting in the square, and we looked across, we didn't have to look very far, and we thought, oh, that building's for rent. They're just literally, just, you know, within eye distance. And so then I probably, that week, probably rang, probably tried to find out who owned it. Well, and then found out it was the Boyles. And then we just rang, and he says, yep. Yeah. I even remember the rent, 80, 80 pounds a week. <laughs> How sore was that? How, yeah, well, I suppose it was a lot of money back in those days. You come back nearly 40 years. You know, so £80 a week, yeah, was the rent. And I remember, just when you are saying about £80, we used to, Pat used to ring me up and say, guess how much we turned over today? (laughs) And £80 was the peak. Imagine, you know, to think that you just, and then he would go to the bank, because we had to go, once you got a few bob, you had to go to the bank, because you had to make your repayments, because we had to take out a loan to open up that shop. You know, um, so we were very grateful for any any few bob that came in. We were very grateful. So when did you decide to row on fully behind, Pat? Probably when we started doing the eighty pounds a day. <laughs> Probably it wasn't that long because Pat opened in April, and then I says, right, okay, well, I'll, it's going well. You know, he was flat out. He was all by himself, cared, just him on his own in the shop. And if he needed to make bases, Mama used to help him make the bases. If he needed to make bases, say if he ran out, he used to have to lock the door, walk up to New Line Road, up to Mammy's, because we had no car, because we couldn't afford a car, make the bases, or maybe rang, rang Mammy and said, go to the public phone box and ring Mammy and say, would you make a few more bases, Josie, please? And then walk down again, down to the square with the bases. That's how basic it was. And uh, so then that was, you know, he was every day, he was getting a bit busier. Because Pat makes, even to this day, I know everybody will be ripping with me for saying this, but he makes the best pizza. He's just the supreme pizza maker. And so he was just getting busier and busier. And so then that was, you know, June, July. And then we decided, well, I'd come home. And Mammy says, well, if you're going to, you know, because we'd already bought a house, we'd bought a house from Mammy that Daddy owned. And um, we says, right, okay, we'll move into that house. And Mammy says, well, you have to get married. Because over in my dead body, are you two going to live together? And <laughs> we had to get married so then there was a big you know and so we got married up at Mammy's house we, we made our own mar- we got a marquee in Dublin Pat and my brothers put up the marquee um, we made all our own food with the help of my auntie Anne helped me and you know who else helped a poor old Patrick McGarvey God rest his, his soul um, so Patrick helped as well with the food so we did our own catering I remember in the morning the, that I got married me everybody else had gone to the hairdressers and I, I was down in the kitchen getting the salmon ready and were there pizzas the on the menu? no we didn't have any pizzas at the wedding no Karen, we were too posh <laughs> So in terms of building up a team and, and building from yeah. a very low base, can you talk uh, me through that process then, Mary, of, of how you started to evolve and develop on Market Square? Yeah, so then there was just there was me and Pat then, and then it was 
anyone then, if you stood, say if you walked in the door now, I'd say, Kieran, yeah, I could do with a hand for a minute, please. Would you just come in and give me a hand? And so I had my brother Sean there, and I had my cousin Christy there, and I had my sister Nula, and anyone, anyone that I could get my hands on to give us a hand. And then slowly but surely, and then I think then we started employing people properly, and so then we might have had, you know, maybe one girl working for us, and then another, and then just slowly but surely we built it up from there. You know, like because it was always just me and Pat. We, the two of us, j- did everything, and we used to get up in, in the morning at ten o'clock. Mammy would come and collect us, right? And my father was very ill at this stage. He got he had early onset Alzheimer's, and so Mammy was very busy looking after Daddy, because you know he was only in his fifties when he got to Alzheimer's, and so Mammy used to come up collect us at the house, and um, you know up and then we were up in Iran. We were still in the same house forty years later we still live in the same house so you can see we don't change very much once we do something we do it for life and then she'd bring us down and then we would work all day all day every day I don't even know if we took a day off you know I don't know if we ever picked a day off that we were closed I don't even know if we closed on Mondays I'm trying to think hard but I actually don't think we did I think we worked every day were you fully engrossed obviously in the business that completely because we had to build it up And so then at 11 o'clock, half 11 at night, we would close. And then Big James, I don't know if you remember Big James Harkin. And we, he was the only taxi man who would be working at that time of the night, Would you, if you believe that now. And when we used to look out, because if James didn't come, we had to walk home. And like walking home to Rann was an hour. You know, from the town up to the top of Top Iran was taking us an hour, all uphill. And then Big James would come and he would flash his lights and we'd go, oh, thanks for the God for James. And so then he would take us home. So that was our routine. So when did the routine maybe become a wee bit more normal? Probably after a couple of years. I'd say, what age were we then? Early 20s, mid-20s. I'd say then maybe, because we didn't have Adam. I didn't have Adam till I was 28. So then at that stage then, one of us could go to work maybe and the other stay at home a bit, you know. Or one would go during the day and the other would go in the, at night time. And so we would change over a bit. You know, because when I had Adam too, there was no maternity leave. There was none of that. Carry on. You know, none of that. You know, you just had your baby and went straight back to work. And then, of course, my sister Nula was very good. She helped out. And Mammy was very good. They really helped with helping, looking after Adam and with Belle when she came along. You know, so family's very important, Kieran, as you know. Um, you know, because I was in my own hometown, it was great. So then I started becoming a bit more normal. And then it was then the dairy people were above us. And I think that happened a couple of years later. And then we heard they were moving out. So then we took over their place. So then we got really big then. God, we were upstairs as well as downstairs. Because downstairs, all we had was a a household oven. We couldn't afford the stools to start off with. And then eventually we could afford the stools. And then one night, Pat was, was making, you know, there was pizzas in the oven. And he went to open up the oven door and the oven door fell off in his hands. So the customers were standing looking. You could see the fan going like mad. And the pizzas cooking, but no door <laughs> on the oven. So then we had to go and buy a proper pizza oven. So then I think we started getting, and then poor, I don't know, can you remember who was the, 
the oh god what was his name the fellow who was the editor of the Derry People the Donegal John McGrory was it yeah and I remember him coming down one day and the sweat pumping off him what the F are you two doing down here? It was a new pizza oven. It was creating so much heat that he couldn't, he couldn't, I think we, we made them move out. <laughs> it was our ploy. And so then they moved out and then we moved upstairs and then we just gathered momentum from there. That was a big change in, in, in how your business was going, wasn't it? It was great. Because then that was us. We used to have the booths downstairs now and people fondly remember those booths. Table, you know, we had four tables downstairs. Table one, two, three, four. One and two were two-seaters or four-seaters and three and four were, were single-seaters. So it was a, it was a gradual uh, yeah, evolution gradual. of the business. Yeah, and then upstairs then we put a, a steel stairs upstairs. Um, Desi Shields made the, the, the stairs for us and then we moved upstairs. And there we'll take a break. Business Matters, in association with the Faculty of Business at ATU Donegal. Looking for a career in financial services? Consider the Level 9 MA in Governance, Compliance and Data Protection. Take the next step in your career and contact the Exec Ed Coordinator on 9186206 or email execed, E-X-E-C-E-D, at lyit.ie today. You're welcome back. Before the break... Mary recalled the decision to extend her business after acquiring the floor above their ground unit on Market Square. Then we had proper seating, and, but we're still running up and down the stairs. It was mad. You know, like everything was downstairs. The kitchen was downstairs. There was no servery upstairs. There was no coffee machine, nothing. So you were, you know, you could eat whatever you wanted because you stayed really slim because you were up and down, up and down, up and down those stairs. Tell me, Mary, have you any idea how many pizzas you have made over the last 38 years? About, probably about a trillion you probably about a trillion, you know. When you think of it, you know, over nearly 40 years, you can just imagine, you know. I, I've never actually counted it, never even thought of counting it, but a lot of pizzas. I'm just thinking, you would have fed some people uh, before night suit, yeah. dur- during night suit, and uh, after, after night suit. <laughs> after the night suit was the worst. And, the, and anyone who was working for us used to say, now Mary, just shut up. You just stay in the background now. Because if I even had a whiff that somebody was drink or drunk, I'd say, no, I'm not serving you. No, I'm not serving you. Any cheek at all, I wouldn't. And the staff used to say, Mary, just, just serve them. You know, stop arguing with people. Just, you know, they're drunk. It's three o'clock in the morning. What do you expect? But I actually never liked those late nights. Because we, we were all trained to treat everybody with dignity and respect. And how can you treat people with dignity and respect when they're not treating you the same way? And so I never liked those late nights. The most respectable people in the world would turn into not nice people with drink on them. So Mary, you just took a decision in to open a second outlet on yeah. Upper Main Street yeah. and we're up here now above your uh, premises on Kilmerkennan Road, uh, yeah. which is a third premises. So can you yeah. talk me through how you ended up uh, adding two more uh, yeah. outlets to your business? Yeah. So the Main Street was, patch two, was I think 1990. So it was six years after we opened up. It was 
just before interest rates went through the roof. I don't know if you remember, because you're, you're younger than me. Um, interest rates went to 13 14%, and of course we went and got this big loan to open up Pats 2 on the main street, and we'd just been through the 80s, but we didn't really know about the 80s, because we were so young and so naive, and we just got in there and did it, and didn't know that we were in this really poor times, because we didn't know any better. Then the 90s opened up Pats 2, and it was really only meant to be you know, burgers and chips and stuff like this. But then at the last minute, I said, no, I think we should be doing pizzas up there as well. So then it ended up being mainly a pizza place too. And then Pat's on the Square. So Pat's on the Square was Pat's Pizza. Then we changed Pat's 2 to Pat's Pizza and we made the Square more of a proper restaurant with chefs and, you know, um, chicken and steaks and salmon and fresh pasta and pizza too, of course. And then Pat's 2 took over from the original Pat's Pizza. If you can understand what I'm saying. So that was more the, just the pizza place. So obviously your team was growing as well. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And we had some great people. When I look back now, we had some really fantastic people working for us over the years. There was a really great attitude back in the day. And people were just so glad to get work. And I'm afraid it's a bit different now. You know, it's, uh, times have changed. But in the, and all locals, and I'm sure now, if anyone who, who listens to this podcast will look back and they'll go, oh my God, I remember working in Paths. Because we've had so many people working. You know, it's people going to college. Um, you know, people, you know, we would sort of, they would, they would work for the whole three or four years that they were going to college. And then we had a lot of full-timers as well. And so if you look down past the last 40 years, we've had a lot of people working for us and a lot of really good people working for us. I always say I remember the really good ones and the really bad ones. And there's luckily there was more really good ones than bad ones. Mary, I know you have a huge passion for the town and in particular the, the Market Square. You were yeah. involved in a campaign, I think about 2018, in terms of getting a, a regenerating uh, the, the very well-known area. Yeah. Where do you see the Market Square going now? I know there are plans to reimagine it. Are they on the right track? I'm not quite sure about that. I think there's still... Uh, what, what I wanted was... If, and I, I, I know it sounds like I'm not the type of person that makes a lot of changes in my life, but I do think change is good. But I think when we were in the square to start off with, it was the proper square. So it was so busy, Kieran, the square. It was full of life. There was always people in and out of it. And I know that people were saying you shouldn't allow people to park there. But there was just, there was always life around the square. Do you know when life was sucked out of the square? When they put the mausoleum into it. And I went, when there were, t- and I know people, that be, oh, anyone who's involved in this now would be going, how dare she call that a mausoleum, you know. But they, I remember going to council meetings. I remember arguing with the town engineer. I remember driving up with him in his big Volvo and saying, you can't do this to the square. You're, you're closing it off. You're just going to make it a, a, a place that nobody comes into. It's all on different levels. It's not suitable. The bandstand is not suitable. There's nothing suitable about what you're doing here. You're just throwing a whole load of money at it. And unfortunately, that's how it turned out. Nobody ever went into that square, Kieran. once they did it. What's your vision for the square? I think the square should be completely flattened, back to the way it was. And I think then it should be turned into a market. And I think that they should be bringing... The, the main street really needs life 
put back into it. The main street... And I used to listen to other people going when they said the main street has died. And I used to think, well, we're still busy. But we were still busy because we were tr- always shoving a square peg into a round hole. And and we we just put our soul, our life and soul into that business. And you have such fond memories of the square when it was a hive of activity. It was brilliant. I remember it as a child. I remember when when the the remember do you remember the festival? You probably see because you're there's a decade more than a decade between me and you, but you know you you the, the square used to be jammed, and we all you know when we were coming down from the convent or from the the national school before that there you always went down to the square and you always went to the main street and I know things change and everybody says things change, but I do not think they should be trying to suck the life out of the main part of the town. What's a, where, where is the centre of town? Do you tell me now where the centre of town is? There isn't a centre of the town. You know, you can't tell me it's down where Marks and Spencers and all of them are. You just can't tell me that. Because it's not nice down there. It's very good. I go down there myself. I do my shopping down there. But when I go to a town, I want to be able to walk around in town and say, this is a beautiful town and we've got our cathedral and we've got that, that lovely area. We've got now the church lane where they're doing so much work on. And, and I think the square should be an extension of that. So the square needs to be flattened and they need to put a market on it. Have you seen the, the plans for this development? Yeah, and it's very similar to what Sarah does still. And I know that nobody's asked me, nobody, you know, and now I'm out of the square so you know but nobody cares I, I don't mean nobody cares I'm sure there's people who really care but I feel that because I was there for 40 years I think I'm not out of place in talking about it I think I know a wee bit about what I'm talking about here because I for nearly 40 years spent nearly every day of my life in the square Bar if I was on holiday, which didn't happen that much, I can assure you, in my life. Mary, yourself and Pat were named joint owners of the Lerikini Chamber of Commerce Business Person of the Year yes. in 2014. Yeah. What did that award mean to you both? Massive. It was absolutely massive. I couldn't, I was so uh, honoured. Were you surprised? Madly surprised. I remember when they announced it. I even feel a wee bit emotional now talking about it, you know. And when they announced it, I thought, oh my God, I just can't believe this. It was 30 years to the to the year until you had set up, or since you had set up. Imagine, yeah, that, yeah, I'd forgotten about that, yeah. And it was just, I couldn't even talk. Imagine Kieran me not being able to talk. <laughs> I couldn't talk. I was just so, I was so overcome. It took me days to get over that. Even the next day, I just felt I was so honoured. It was a, it was a massive honour because this is my hometown. I love Letterkenny. I love Donegal. Pat has ad- adopted. Pat loves Donegal. Never wanted to go back to Dublin, and he's a real country fella at heart because his father was from RD and his mother was from Cork, and and he really wasn't. He sounds like a dub, but he's not a city boy at all, and so he was really pleased too. Was it the fact that it came from your own town and the people that you work along with every day? Was that what made it more special? I think so. I think so. But for Pat too, Pat was very overcome as well, you know. And I think because he was a blow-in. And I think he just couldn't get over it because a lot of people remember Pat very fondly, you know, working in Pat because Pat had a great personality, has a great personality. And and I think he was very... And he's not a townie, you know. I'm the townie. <laughs> 
am the letter Kenny doll here. Hey. Um, so yeah, no, it was great. It was great, Kieran. I was very, very chuffed. Mary, we're two years and two months on from the start of the pandemic, and I suppose I want to ask you what impact did it have on your business? Massive. Again, another uh, life-changing, actually, for me, because I felt that I would have just continued on going as I was going, where we, we had opened up in the mountaintop, and people were saying, why are you doing that at your age? Why did you do it at your age? Because I'm mad. <laughs> because it was strategic. We, we, were, we were very busy on the main street, and Pat's Pete's on the main street, and we couldn't get deliveries out fast enough. And we were, you know, we would, the deliveries would go out, and, you know, the customer would ring, where's my delivery? And you'd ring the delivery man, and say, I'm sitting on the Pierce Road trying to get away. I'm sitting on the main street, because you know the way this, this, we won't even talk about the traffic in this town. That's for another podcast. But, um, so then we thought, we need to get on the outskirts. Also, we didn't have enough room. Um, we didn't, we, you know, we were in a small building, really small, but the kitchen was tiny. And as always with us, we made the best of what we had, but we needed more space. And so then we, we knew, people had told us that there was a unit going on up here, or go for sale up here. So we bought it. And then, but we still didn't do anything with it because we thought we, didn't, we don't have enough room still. What year did you buy it this morning? We bought it, right, okay, what year did we open here? We opened up here in 2000. We th- we're, we're here now three years. So it was 2020, 2019 maybe? 2018, I think we opened here. And so we bought the first unit maybe about 2015. And then Brendan McGlynn then said, Mary, would you be interested in the unit next door? I'm selling. And I thought, oh, great. That's exactly what we needed. So then we got the unit next door. And so then that gave us enough space. So then we knocked through. So then immediately then we started. So that was why we did it, Kieran. Because, and I thought, um, I know I'm 62, but I have got lots of energy. And I thought, sure, I'll be going for ages. You know, there's no, there's no sign of retirement for me yet. And so this was a strategic move to try and make the business that it was more sustainable going into the future. And that's exactly how it turned out. So then the pandemic struck. We had to close everywhere. And then after a few weeks, when we realized that Leo Varadkar was allowing takeaways to open, slowly, slowly, we thought, right, okay, we'll open up the mountaintop. We won't open the main street and we won't open the, the square. And so then we opened, reopened the mountaintop. And um, Adam did that. I didn't do that. I just stayed at home. You know, because I was afraid of getting COVID. And I didn't, I thought, and Pat, unfortunately, had got cancer. And my mother also got very ill round about that time. And we were looking after Mammy, you know, us, especially the girls, but the boys too in the house. And so then Mammy died just before the pandemic struck. And then the weekend Mammy died, Pat was diagnosed with cancer. And so, but he's fine. He's grand. You know, he, he didn't need any treatment. Prostate cancer, everything was fine was gone on time, perfect. So he was recovering from that during the pandemic. And so then I thought, I'll just stay at home and just look after my darling husband. <laughs> you had a lot of change and a lot of uh, happenings in your life in a very short time there, Mary. Yeah, ma- yeah. It was, uh, losing Mammy was really major in my life, Kieran, And the same with her, because we were very fond of, of Mammy. She was just a great person altogether, you know. And so then Pat getting sick too, was, and then the pandemic. But we, we were very lucky, very lucky that Mammy was sick before the pandemic. 
And I don't know what it would have been like if we were trying to look after Mammy and trying to deal with COVID as well. And then Pat getting sick and he got his operation just before it struck. So you could go into the hospital, you weren't wearing masks, we could go and visit him. You know, imagine if it had, imagine if that had happened just when COVID. So we were very lucky. I kept saying to myself, God, weren't we lucky that we got all of that over. And then COVID just hit while Pat was recovering. And so that was good too, you know. So then we had a couple of nice years at home, Kieran, for the first time in my life. Did you enjoy them? I really, really enjoyed them. I actually enjoyed them too much. And so then I I couldn't go back to work. I just couldn't go back to work. So how how different is uh, Mary Bradley now compared to what she was? Completely different. Completely different. I before everything was Pat used to say to me, Pat's pizza is what you do, Mary. It's not who you are. But to me it was who I was. It was part of my DNA, it was part of my whole structure. Whereas the pandemic, mummy mummy getting sick and dying, my cousin Pascaline getting sick and dying, and, and Pat getting sick and thanks be to God and perfect health now, um, made me reevaluate what life was all about, Kieran. And it's not all about work and it's not all about Pat's Pizza. Pat's Pizza is still very important to me and that was why I decided about the square. And I said that, you know, the square was very much about me. We had great staff. We had a great girl called Maya, who was a manager, great head chef called Egbert. And, um, but Egbert decided to retire once the pandemic hit. And then, um, Maya had her baby. And then I just decided, no, I just, um, I, I decided to leave in a high because the square was very popular had stayed popular for nearly 40 years, which is great due to the customers. We had customers who were coming in there when they were going out who now have grown-up children who were, had grown-up children because they're not there anymore, bringing in their children. That's, that's how we spanned four decades in the square. How difficult a decision was it for you to say we're putting the shutters down in the square and they're not coming back up again? The most difficult decision, one of the most difficult decisions I've ever made in my life. When did you make that decision? Finally made? It, it, I made it about two years, just literally about six months ago for definite. And um, I was waking up at night going, what am I going to do about the square? Am I going to go back? Am I not going to go back? And are you happy with that decision now? I'm very happy with the decision now. Very happy. Uh, for the first time, I can say that with conviction. Um, that Because I would have had to go back and start putting my soul into it again. And there is no point in doing something if you're not going to put your soul into it. And the Pats in the Square needed your soul. And uh, my soul now is, is, is up in the forest, up in Coravati, with my husband. <laughs> Mary, you're almost 40 years in business. Yeah. Um, what is the best lesson that you've learned in that time? Um, um, right, okay. I haven't actually thought about that question. I think work hard and be genuine. Just be yourself. Put your, you know, be, you know, uh, yeah, that's not, that's it. I'm not going to go any further. Work hard and be genuine. And treat people with respect. Is there a person in business you admire most? Um, there's probably a lot of people. Around this town, there's a lot of people. I don't want to start naming people. I really admire McGee's chemist. 
I think that's a real that's that's something that you'd hold up and I don't want to hurt anybody else by not saying about them there's lots of places you know that I really admire but when I think of a successful business because they've been a bit like us they have run it themselves all along and they've put their heart into the business now I don't know why I'm picking them out but it's just the very first one that comes to mind and I won't st- I won't start naming out a whole load of people because then I'll miss somebody Mary if you had followed your childhood dream job what would you be doing now Exactly what I was doing. I wouldn't have changed it, not for a second. Everything from start to finish, Pat and me, all, all we ever say is, how lucky were we? That's it. And finally, Mary, what lies ahead for yourself and your business? Right. So we're, we're, we're here. We're up in, up in the mountaintop. It's doing very well. Um, my young fella is, is working so hard and I am so proud of him. And he's just a chip off the old block and he takes it all very seriously. And I am so proud of the fact he's exactly like his dad. He will not let a pizza go out of here if he's not happy with it. And if, if somebody gets a pizza that they're not happy with, he wants to know about it. And he wants to know how can I improve it. So with Adam, it's, he looks at every pizza going out and he thinks, if I keep up the quality, I'll keep up the business, which is exactly right. And he's working very hard and I'm very proud of him. Not to say I'm not proud of my girl too, but she's on a different trajectory. Mary Bradley, owner of Past Pizzas Limited in Lidderkinney. Thanks for taking the time today to talk to us on Business Matters. You're very welcome, Kieran. Well, that's our lot for another edition of Business Matters. Thanks to my guest, Mary Bradley. Thanks to Kenneth Wilson on sound. And thanks to you for listening. If you'd like to get in touch with the programme, drop an email to businessmatters at highlandradio.com. Business Matters in association with the Faculty of Business at ATU Donegal. Looking for a career in financial services? Consider the Level 9 MA in Governance, Compliance and Data Protection. Take the next step in your career and contact the Exec Ed Coordinator on 918206 or email execed, E-X-E-C-E-D, at lyit.ie today.